Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This is the broadcast for April the 5th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. We we are convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers, one of the great great peaceful solutions we have at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. And as you know, we love Easter. We love the celebration of the resurrection of the Savior, Jesus Christ. We've talked about it for the last several days before the weekend and even Saturday's broadcast. We discussed it some. And wow, was it a wonderful weekend for me. Spent time with God, family, and country. And uh, wow, it was tremendous. A quick recap, then we'll get into it. How's that? A recap of Saturday's show. Richard Mack was with me for the first hour. And we talked about government watchdog confirmed that feds were buying baby body parts. Judicial Watch obtains additional records of the Food and Drug Administration FDA purchases of fetal tissue for human mice project. Agency wanted fresh shipped on ice fetal organs. Shame. Shame on your government using our tax dollars to buy baby body parts. And shame on last year they've been prosecuting those who are exposing the dishonest, immoral, illegal scandal. Folks, don't let the Roe versus Wade movie get canceled. They lied to us on that just as they're lying to us on baby body parts. RoeVWadeMovie.com. you got to watch the real story that you've never been told. It's on Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, just about everywhere. Hashtag Roe v. Wade movie or Roe v. Wade.com. Check it out. Anyway, they've been lying to you about Roe versus Wade and how they dishonestly pushed to force that to become the law of the land. They've murdered 60 million babies since then. And now they're telling you a lie about baby body parts purchases or sales cover up from Planned Parenthood right on through to your government-funded, taxpayer, you know, paid-for Food and Drug Administration. I mean, it is a saddening disgrace. Uh, We also heard from Planned Parenthood testimony on selling baby parts, videos unsealed. New videos are released. I'm telling you, it is shocking. The time has come, ladies and gentlemen, for federal consequences for Planned Parenthood and for your government, by the way. Planned Parenthood lied to the public and lied to Congress. But now there's no longer any reasonable doubt that Planned Parenthood sold fetal baby body parts, commodifying living children in the womb and treating pregnant women like a cash crop. Not only that, the U.S. Department of Justice must escalate the enforcement 
of laws against fetal trafficking to the highest level. Now, folks, I need to highlight this, though. I don't really think the feds need to go after this. The states need to go after this. It happened in the several states. Criminal activity. It's not a federal government issue. It's a state issue, and the states need to prosecute to the fullest extent of the law. All right? Even the Small Business Administration caught Planned Parenthood in a fraud. The Small Business Administration demanded 37 Planned Parenthood affiliates to return, listen, $80 million in fraudulent loans. They fraudulently certified they were eligible for. Wow. And 27 senators called on Attorney General Bill Barr to look into this and get to the bottom of this scandal. The reason that it's so hard to get to the bottom of the scandal I might educate you about is to say this. Remember, the federal government's buying the baby body parts to the Food and Drug Administration. So it's going to be hard to prosecute when the government's in charge of the investigations. That's why the states need to hold the federal belligerent, out-of-control, baby-murdering federal government responsible. Senator Rand Paul, vaccination passports are no joke. Why must I show a proof of vaccination to get into a convenience store, but I don't have to prove anything to vote? There you have it. In hour two, we also talked about the COVID-19 vaccines do not contain supposedly any aborted fetal cells. However, that's a lie. Pfizer and Materna did use fetal cell lines in their, quote, confirmation tests to ensure the vaccines work. Yeah. Using fetal cell lines. Johnson & Johnson, believe it or not, used the fetal cell lines in what they call vaccine development, confirmation, and production. Okay? The COVID-19 vaccines used fetal cells from aborted embryos in their development, creating a moral challenge for many religious people. Operation Warp Speed, ladies and gentlemen, is a public-private partnership issued by the United States government to supposedly facilitate, yeah, and accelerate the development of the creation of these vaccines. They say the manufacturing and distribution of COVID-19 vaccines, therapeutics, and diagnostics. But the problem is they're promoting abortions big time, folks. They say they're not, but they really are, okay? Because let me give you an example. Let's say that I use whiskey to make whiskey steak, just say, and it's marinated in whiskey. And what they say is, Sam, the whiskey's burned off by the time you eat it. And so, A, it doesn't contain whiskey, Sam. It isn't true. They just call it that. Or beer battered fries, don't worry. You know, there's not beer in the batter by the time they cook everything. It's all good. It's not in there. It's cooked out. And that may be true. And I'm not saying you're an alcoholic if you eat them or that you're, you know, drinking if you're eating them or whatever. I'm not saying you're really consuming alcohol. But what I'm saying is to pretend alcohol is not part of the process is a lie. In the baby body part business, okay, and in the baby, whether we call them stem cells or stem cell lines or they were used for this purpose but not for that. And at the end product you don't have in the serum, baby body parts or aborted baby tissue or whatever term, that may be, I would say factually but misleadingly true. 
Uh, they still had to murder babies. Well, then they say, oh, well, don't worry. The baby that they used was back from 1975. Okay, so murdering a baby 40 years ago or 30 years ago, that's fine? As if it's somehow different? See, they're manipulating the truth and lying to you. Okay? Now, I'm not saying everybody that's taking the vaccines is murdering babies. There's quantum leaps uh, that you got to go through to get there. I'm not suggesting that at all. But I am suggesting that, look, these vaccines were created. They were, uh, whatever you want to call it, tested, whatever words you want to use, using some form of baby body parts, aborted baby somethings. And what they do is they manipulate the words. So it's not a stem cell, it's a stem cell line. Well, it's not a stem cell line, really, because that was removed. It was only used for testing. It's not in the final product. And they go round and round and round. But they're lying to you, just like they lied to you back in the early 70s about Roe versus Wade. It's murder. It's got to be called murder. And folks like me want no part of it. And no matter how they manipulate the reality of the situation, I still want no part of the murder. We finished up Saturday's broadcast by talking about Georgia House votes to strip Delta Airlines in millions of tax breaks after CEO criticizes new voting law. We also talked about 91 Fortune 500 companies didn't pay federal taxes in 2018. I'm not the guy to criticize and say, oh, they got to pay their taxes. I believe we all pay too many taxes. And what I recommend is we don't tax the other guy to make ourselves feel better. What we do is we look at the supreme law of the land and we say, well, what are constitutional taxes and what are unconstitutional taxes? Then we ought to jettison all unconstitutional taxes. Then we ought to put in all non-direct appropriate taxes in place to pay for the proper role of limited government and nothing more. Then you wouldn't have the FDA buying aborted baby body parts, would you? See, and so that's really what we need to move towards. The apportionment taxes at the state level and tariffs at the border are the two legitimate proper role uh, di- indirect taxation that I would support. The rest of it, garbage. Got to get rid of it because it violates your supreme law. All right, welcome to the broadcast, Lil Nelson. Speaking of abortions, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints held its 191st general semi-annual conference this weekend, and it was two days, Saturday and Sunday. They had five different conference sessions of two hours apiece amounting to 10 hours of admonition and testimony about and regarding the Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Incredible testimony, incredible speaking, and they talked directly about the evils of abortion. Let's start there, Lowell. Yes, um, Neil Anderson told the story of a 16-year-old unwed mother who uh, gave up her daughter for adoption, and then this little girl um, who was adopted by a family, grew up in a loving home, uh, grew up uh, married and has a daughter of her own. And um, it it was a beautiful story, Sam, about, you know, some of the greatest uh, proponents or I guess opponents of abortion are the people who got saved from being aborted when they were young. We can talk more right after the break, but you're great. You got it. Quick pause. A strong stand against the murderous intent of abortion. Liberty Roundtable live in seconds on your favorite talk station. Can a nation conceived in liberty 
carry its head high if it denies protection to the youngest and most vulnerable of its citizens? Can a country founded on God-given rights continue to thrive without understanding that life is a precious gift from our Creator? As a physician, I have looked into the eyes of one-pound babies. I have cradled their small bodies in the palm of one hand. I defy those who are careless, who would disregard life and look at these tiny little miracles and say, we're not going to protect that. But I believe there will come a time when we are all judged on whether or not we took a stand in defense of all life from the moment of conception until our last natural breath. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. All right, Sam Bushman, Lowell Nelson Campaign for Liberty.org, back on your radio. We're talking about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints General Conference took place two days, Saturday and Sunday, last weekend, if you will. And uh, we're talking about this incredible talk or speech given by Neil Anderson telling about an unwed 16-year-old mother that gave her baby or her daughter up for adoption. What a strong, bold against the evils of abortion law. Yes, and um, as I was saying, the some of the greatest opponents of abortion are the ones whose lives were saved instead of aborted. I'm thinking specifically of Abby Johnson, who is the, uh, um, the main character in that movie called Unplanned, which was uh, a movie about the, um, the Planned Parenthood. I mean, just Abby Johnson served, uh, went, went to work for Planned Parenthood and worked for them for a number of years, I believe, and then, and then actually witnessed uh, an abortion in one of her clinics and realized how, how just awful it was. And, 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 and from that point on, she quit. Planned Parenthood, and she has been working against them for forevermore. I mean, she's now 38, 39 years old, about 40, I think, right now, mother of eight children herself, and uh, she runs a ministry that assists abortion workers in finding new jobs. So just a powerful, just a powerful uh, a story of, you know, this, this Abby Johnson, and and so the story that Neil Anderson told is is equally powerful of a of a young gal whose life was saved, who grew up, married, and has her own little daughter, 
now, and it just um, you know that would have not that would not have happened had had that 16 year old unwed mother aborted her baby, but because she put it up for adoption and saved the life of this young girl, this young girl now is married and has her own family and is is is, is living you know happy happily. So um, I don't know. It's just powerful address, Sam, and we we need to we need we need more people standing up against abortion. It is one of the greatest evils that afflicts our country, and I don't know what God has in store for us to, um, you know, as a as punishment for this tremendous evil among us. But we have to do what we can to stop it, Sam. Amen to that. And that's what this very broadcast is designed to do, to make a difference, to stand up for what is right, to reject the pro-death movement, to stand for pro-life, and to be solid in that stance. I want to mention one more thing about this abortion uh, situation, ladies and gentlemen. This body parts story that I've been highlighting, uh, that I discussed on a Saturday, where the Food and Drug Administration now is caught red-handed, literally buying baby body parts and saying, please send them to us quickly on ice and please um you know you're giving us baby body parts but we don't know which are the male and female and then they say well we murdered it and got rid of the genitalia so we can't tell you if it's a male or a female body part and they say well you gotta work on it and get with your people and figure that out because we got to know earlier so you can identify the male and female body parts and and then they tell us that there's none of the baby body parts in the abortion materials and in the vaccines and all this kind of stuff and the problem is they lie and the main point of uh, Saturday's broadcast on this topic, law was that you can't trust them. They lied about Roe versus Wade in the beginning. That's how they got it passed and approved by deceiving the people about the threat of, of abortions that were you know done by illegal means, etc. And anyway, it went on. Uh, they lied then, and they're lying now. Okay, I don't know what's in the vaccines exactly, but I know that baby body parts and, and aborted fetus tissue, whether you call it stem cells or stem cell lines or whatever. It has to do with the vaccines and whether they're in this exact vaccine or not in modern day. You know, it reminds me of the discussion where you you've got whiskey infused steak or whatever, or whiskey chicken or whatever it is. And, um, you know, I maybe the alcohol is not there now, but you certainly used a bunch of alcohol to create it. Well, they're using baby body parts to create these vaccines, even though they can manipulate you with science and words and to make you believe that, oh, well, it's not really relevant. It's not true anymore. Well, it was true in the past, but not anymore kind of discussion to make you all feel better but i don't trust them lol i don't either sam they've lied over and over repeatedly that's uh, how they get their way because people with common sense would not agree with them um if they told the truth and so the only way they can get their way is to lie and uh, we are unwitting um participants in their lies when we don't study it out and work to uh, you know work to expose the truth about them and their their lives. So I appreciate Liberty Roundtable and programs like yours that help the, to educate and inform the citizenry of these tremendous lies that are out there and uh, and about the, the truth that, uh, that to which we should cling, um, Sam. So even if they say there's no baby body parts in the vaccines, which I don't trust them, I don't know that I believe that, uh, they all admit that they were used somewhat in the processes along the way. And then they say, I wonder why everybody won't take the vaccine. 
And then when you add that fact that they claim they're safe and effective is another lie. When we know they're experimental vaccines, if they're even vaccines at all, they're really gene therapies, experimental RNA-changing gene therapies. And then we bring that up, and they're like, oh, no, they're safe and effective. But yet they've literally, based on Operation Warp Speed, they've jettisoned all the normal protocols of testing and vetting these products, but yet they want us to believe they're safe and effective. And the problem is you just can't trust their dishonesty and their lies. Anyway, I digress, but I wanted to tie the baby body parts movement to the abortion movement to the vaccine movement because they're all closely related, ladies and gentlemen. They just are. All right, for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints General Conference, though there's a lot of other things covered, President Nelson. So in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, there's the prophet, his two counselors or support men, then there's the 12 apostles. So there's 15 men, and they usually call them, you know, president or elder, depending on the, the title, just so everybody kind of understands Mormon language or Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints members' language on these topics. So President Nelson, he's Russell M. Nelson, the prophet, seer, and revelator for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, encouraged us to identify the debris in our lives and eliminate it, lol. Yes, he did, uh, Sam, and, and uh, there's it's an introspective time. Whenever I listen to general conference, I try to introspect and see what in you know what I should be doing that I'm not doing, or what I should stop doing that I am doing. And so it's a time for introspection. I think that's what he's encouraging us to do: is to decide, see if we can identify any of the the debris in our lives, the you know the things that we do that uh, cause ourselves pain or frustrate our own uh, objectives, and eliminate that debris and you know clean it yeah, out the so highlighting kind of was this hey the pandemic helped you the highlighting was kind of this lol the pandemic helped you get rid of a lot of the debris in your life based on necessity uh, now that life is mm-hmm. coming back are you going to wisely choose to keep that debris out of your life and eliminate more or are you just going to go back to old ways and, and and embrace the crazy busy life when you don't have the opportunity to be still and when you're still, then the Spirit of God can testify to you of what you should be spending your time and your efforts on, etc. It was a great, great talk. We also heard from mm-hmm. Joy Jones. Lol? She encouraged us to teach our children uh, while they're yet young. The very best time to teach our, our children is while they're growing up because uh, they are most, they're meek, they're teachable at that age. They want to learn, and so... I mean, they want to learn how to cook, how to do the chores outside. They want to be with you. And, you know, some young parents think that's annoying, right, to have little children always hanging on you. But it's, it's for their own growth, their own learning. So we need to teach principles of righteousness in our homes, especially while our young, while our, our children are young. Because, you know, the, as the proverb says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he was old, he will not depart from it. Uh, wonderful talk by uh, a, a gal named Joy Jones. All right. Two other great talks ought to be highlighted as well. One of them is by Gary Stevenson. The other one is by uh, Elder Gong. Two gentlemen, but they discuss two different sides, really, of the same coin. Lol? <laughs> yes. I really enjoyed uh, Gary Stevenson's. He mentioned the rabbit effect or an experiment done with rabbits where the rabbits were divided up into two groups, and uh, they administered fat, fatty foods you know, to one group and just normal foods to another group. And, well, or, or maybe they administered fatty foods to both groups. I don't remember exactly, but, but they noticed that rabbits that were under the care of one clinician 
were healthier than the rabbits under the care of another clinician. <laughs> they thought and thought and they studied and studied and finally decided that the one clinician that uh, that fed the rabbits would love the rabbits and cuddle and would would talk to the rabbits and you know while while feeding the rabbits would just uh, just just hug cuddle and talk with the rabbit while feeding the rabbit. and those rabbits were healthier far healthier than the rabbits in the other group <laughs> and so uh, just that the, the question that came to my mind was are we loving and cuddling our own family members do we do that you know for our own family and if not well then then we should <laughs> great lesson there Sam. The other side of the coin, ladies and gentlemen, is how we treat one another in the public sphere. We'll talk about that in seconds on your radio. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Delta Airlines canceled about 100 flights on Sunday due to staff shortages and placed some customers in middle seats for the first time in a year. The airline said it had more than 1 million passengers in the past few days, the most it's seen since the pandemic began. Multiple people were shot, one fatally, in a Birmingham, Alabama park Sunday night. Birmingham police said there was an altercation among a group of men in Patton Park around 7 p.m. local time. The person killed was a 32-year-old woman. She is believed to have been a bystander was found dead in the backseat of her car. The park was filled with families at the time of the shooting. Global stock prices rose to a one-and-one-half-month high on Monday after data showing a surge in United States unemployment, while short-dated U.S. bonds came under pressure on worries the Federal Reserve may bump up interest rates sooner than it had indicated. The Stanford Cardinals defeated the Arizona Wildcats 53-54 in the women's NCAA final Sunday night. USA Radio News. Maybe you've heard about MediShare and you know what it is. It's the affordable alternative to health insurance. But you've wondered, can I really save a significant amount of money on my monthly health care bills? And the answer is an emphatic, yes, you can. You can save a lot of money. Whether it's just for you or for an entire family, MediShare has an option for you. In fact, the typical family saves $500 a month switching to MediShare. And it really is the gold standard when it comes to healthcare sharing. You get free telehealth services. You get a huge network of doctors. You get great customer support. And you get the sense of security that comes from being a part of 400,000 people who share not just each other's medical bills, but purpose, too. MediShare is a community of Christians who pull together and pray for each other, which is very refreshing right now. If you want more info, it's so simple. You can get a price within two minutes. Call 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. The Derek Chauvin murder trial will resume in Minneapolis, Minnesota at 9.30 a.m. Central Time, Monday. Hunter Biden says when all is said and done, he will be found innocent from the suspected corruption discovered on his laptop just before the 2020 general election. Jeremy Scott from the Oregon USA Radio News Bureau reports. Federal prosecutors in Delaware revealed last December that they're investigating Hunter Biden's finances. The president's second son has denied any wrongdoing. He told CBS. I'm cooperating um, completely. And I am absolutely certain, 100 percent certain, that at the end of the investigation, that I will be cleared of any wrongdoing. You're 100 percent certain. I'm 100 percent certain of it. And all I can do is cooperate 
and and trust in the process. Hunter Biden sat on the board of a Ukrainian gas firm, which is the subject of a corruption investigation. His overseas business dealings with Ukraine and China became the subject of the 2020 election after an article in the New York Post. USA Radio News. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. So we talked about the rabbit. I'm sorry, the rabbit. Rabbit. You know, the little rabbits, the cuddly ones. Rabbit effect. And how cuddling rabbits made a big difference in their lives. Being kind to them and gentle to them and treating them with love and respect. And, you know, that makes a huge difference is the point. The other side of the coin uh, was addressed by what, Elder Gong? Lol. That's that's right. Um, he talked about a French woman who was out selling waffle cones and ice cream in her waffle cones, you know, and just eking a living, you know, scratching out a living that way. But uh, encountered a, a, a bully of some kind, a man who who pushed her to the ground and and uh, and stomped on her waffle cones and you know for no apparent reason and. You know that type of injustice just just saddens me, Sam. It, it makes me angry and it saddens me. Um, but that kind of injustice is all around us, turns out. And you know, life tends to be that way. Unfortunately, it shouldn't be. We should treat one another with kindness and with civility and with love in our hearts. Uh, but you know, we do encounter people who. Who uh, who lack that love and who treat people with with anger and with meanness and uh, I don't know the contrast there was was pretty stark and and um, so we we need to be a people of love right I mean Elder Holland's talk which followed Elder Gong he talked about an economy of goodness and he observed that the biggest deficit in our economy today <laughs> is not money it's the paucity of love. It's the absence of hope, absence of charity, really. And and I, I thought those two talks fit together so very, very well too. And and my thought question, my, my the question that came to my mind in with regard to Elder Holland's talk was, you know, can we have a virtuous government without a virtuous people? Right, Sam. I mean, that's my question for you. Um, can can uh, people who have lost our civility, who have lost our virtue? who are mean to one another, can we expect a government to to be virtuous and kind to us? You know, I think the answer is a clear, resounding, unequivocal no. All right, we have got to be a virtuous people. That's important. It's vital, ladies and gentlemen. And you know what? One uh, of the leaders of the church in this general conference asked, do we know Jesus Christ, or do we just know about him? And I submit to you, not only do we need to be a virtuous people, Lowell, but we need to know Jesus Christ. It's not enough to not understand the origins of the doctrine or the principles that we're, we're under, uh, or that we're living by, that govern our lives, right? Okay? Faith precedes miracles. Uh, Elder Rasband kind of focused on that. Faith precedes miracles. Okay, um, we need to teach principles, not long lists of rules, and so those two topics were covered as well. All 
Yes, what a wonderful conference. I just I think there's so many applications to our present day circumstance and um the um you know the government that we have was made only for a moral and a just people, a moral and a virtuous people. We've had our framers told us that when they framed the government, when they first wrote the constitution and put it down onto paper, they recognized that it would only succeed if the people remained virtuous and um, and moral. So, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of undercurrent today by alternative media and by alternative you know, by the cancel culture that you know that we need to uh, forget about morality. But that is a big lie. Just like you were talking about the lies coming from government bureaus earlier. The, it's a big lie from the cancel culture that that we shouldn't be a moral and virtuous people anymore. It's essential to our preservation, the preservation of our way of life and our government, to be a, vir- a virtuous and a moral and an upright people. And um, so that's why, you know, whether you're a member of the church of this particular church or not, doesn't doesn't um, doesn't matter for the purpose of our discussion here. But the, whether you are a good person, whether you're a kind person, whether you come to know Jesus Christ, that's what really matters. And that's going to help us preserve our republic. And if we don't do that, if we fail in this regard, Sam, we will lose our, our republic. Now, Elder Wakolo noted the blessing of chastening. Happy is the man who God corrects. And this is kind of an important principle to understand uh, as well as we work towards, you know, restoring God, family, and country. You know, sometimes we won't get it right, and God will need to give us the correction, and uh, we need to be encouraged to repent. And uh, that is critical stuff, right? (laughs) That's right. Yes, uh, chastening, uh, being able to accept uh, criticism um, in in, uh, happily or, you know, welcome. The chastening, welcome the the, um, the uh, criticism, and repenting. You know, changing one's life. If you truly desire to know Jesus Christ, then you will welcome this this chastening because you know that that God chastens those He loves. Um, and if you're not being chastened, if you're not being corrected, then um, then maybe you're not listening. Because I think all of us, every single one of us, um, has things that we we do or things that we're not doing that uh, we need to be corrected about. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that was spot on, Sam. Now, President Oaks also focused on answering the question, what has Jesus Christ done for me? This talk is really an excellent summary of the whole Easter conference, and it wasn't a flippin' what has Christ done for me. It was a let me kind of you know discuss what the Savior has really done for all of us. Uh, it really, in my opinion, put Easter in perspective. Well, and, and it, it, that, that question really did come from someone who asked it flippantly. Uh, I think he was um, on a train or someplace, and and uh, and and or ta- talking with a woman or something. I can't remember the exact details, but this this person said, "Well, well, what's Christ ever done for me?" Right? I mean, it was a flippant question, but you know, President Oaks answered it sincerely by outlining the many, many things that Jesus Christ has done for each one of us. And, um, you know, for example, creating this world um, and giving us a, 
a place to live, to experience mortality, um, providing gifts of repentance, for, uh, gifts of forgiveness for those who repent, uh, for working out the atonement so that we, we can be forgiven when we repent, uh, being resurrected so that we can overcome the sting of death and rise again. I mean, he, he went on and on. Just a, a, a great, great summary, Sam, of the marvelous things that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has done for us. And, um, in, in, and the in summary really talk. is he taught us how to live, mm-hmm. to bring, to maximize uh, happiness, if you will. And that goes along well with President Nelson's discussion. He uh, shared the lessons he has learned during the lockdowns that we've experienced. Uh, not celebrating the lockdowns, but just saying, hey, a lot of good has come from it. He said, I made a list, and he encouraged us each to make our own lists, but he shared four points from his own list, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah, and like like the importance of home. <laughs> I remember he talked about the the home-centered uh, gospel living. Well, if you, I mean, if you can't go out and about because of lockdowns and because of the pandemic, then, you know, what can you do? Well, you can study the gospel in your own home. And, you know, whereas a lot of people thought that you go to church to study, you know, you can't go to church, well, you better study it in your home. <laughs> so that was an important lesson from the lockdown that he, that he mentioned. Um, what are some of the he other talked about things the importance he of, mentioned? He talked about the importance of being still, ladies and gentlemen. To, you know what? When your life is so full of things, it's very hard to feel God's love in your life and to feel the direction God wants you to to take in your life, and if you'll just set back and be still. He also talked about needing others. We can't do this alone. We're brought together in families, and there's neighbors. And do you know your neighbors better after the pandemic? If not, you missed an opportunity is the point. So we need others, and we need to learn to be still. Uh, Those are two kind of main points that he made as well. And I know we're summarizing these and going through these quickly, but ladies and gentlemen, if you want to go to Church of Jesus Christ, Dot org. You can uh, listen and watch and read. They're, they're the, it, the conference uh, speeches are there in all forms, video, audio, um, transcribed it into text, if you will, where you can read them. Uh, and we really want to highlight them, but if it sparks your interest, go check them out. They will bless your life. I promise you, whether you're a member of the church or not, the principles are what are key here. Uh, Gifford Nielsen, former NFL quarterback, talked about the fact that now is our time. And this is along with those four principles as well, Lowell, about who we are and what we're doing. You want to pick that up on the other side? How's that? All right, on the other side That's of the break, great. Lowell can respond to that one. And we also talked about Elder Remlin, talked about two siblings, Tommy and Susie, who did different things with their allowance. We'll talk about that in relation to Gifford's point as well. Now is our time on your radio. As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads. A divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. 
In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com to begin that restoration. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. All right, back with the live, ladies and gentlemen. So Gifford said, now is our time. That's in the General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Meaning lull? Yeah, it's time for us to step up and be counted. Now is our time. The reason I like this so much was because you look at some of the great uh, movies uh, that are made. Um, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, anyway, some of the great movies that are made, and often in a in a football game, you know the the coach will give his players a pep talk at halftime and say, "Now is our time, our time, our time." Meaning, you know, he wants the players to step up to the challenges uh, and and win the game, right? They or, or play the game with the all the ferocity and the strength, the energy that they have, whether they win or lose. It's our time to play the game and. And so that that that's what Gifford was saying. It's it's our time to step up, and we need to exert ourselves 100% in in um, in righteousness, and make you know to make a difference in this world of ours. That now is our time. I just love that. And so not, not only is it our time to follow. Kids, so. <laughs> not only is it our time yeah, to follow ahead. Jesus Christ. Not only is it our time to jettison the shaming and the bullying. Not only is it our time to cuddle the rabbits and be kind and patient and gentle with others, not only is it our time to assess uh, what we felt and learned during the pandemic and make lists of, of ways that it could improve our lives going forward. In other words, how do you take out of this horrible event the positives that can bless the lives of you and your family? How do you surround yourself with loved ones and be still and listen to God Almighty? How do we focus on promoting life how do we promote family? How do we uh, promote an economy of goodness? How do we make sure that there's a virtuous society and people? How do we have a society that does not have a deficit when it comes from you know, love, hope, charity? How do we make sure that it's positive and not negative? Our society economically has a deficit of that right now. 
And uh, they used a brother and a sister and the, how they used their allowance to kind of highlight the inequities and differences, Lowell. Yeah, so Tommy would buy um, a candy with his allowance uh, every week, but Susie uh, would save her allowance. And after saving her allowance for a number of weeks and months, she was able to buy a brand-new bicycle. Now, Tommy, having spent his money and his allowance on candy, he didn't have money to buy a bicycle. Uh, all he had was, uh, you know, the candy that, that he had eaten. And Susie, there she goes on her bicycle, and he thought that was unfair. <laughs> well, it's, it was, it's not unfair for Susie to have a bicycle, even though Tommy doesn't, because Tommy made different choices with his allowance than Susie did. And so even though there are many things in our society that, we, that look unfair, that we, we, mustn't, we, we mustn't, you know, look at just the outcomes. And we, we have to, to realize that, that each one of us is making different decisions with the money, the resources, and so forth that we have. And uh, it, 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 the reason I bring, bring this up, Sam, is because there's, a, there's a societal pressures nowadays that want equity. They talk about social justice, they talk about equity, and they look at the disparity in wealth levels in our country, for example, and they say, we need to fix this. We need to take from the people who have more than enough and give to the people who don't have. Now, if that's done voluntarily, then I am 100% for it. But if that is done by force, by coercion, then I'm 100% opposed to it. And, you know, the left wants to impose this equity on everyone. And, and they want to do it by force, by coercion, by the barrel of a gun. And that's what I oppose. I, I think if you voluntarily want to share what you have with others, then it can bless your life. God will bless you for sharing with others who don't have what you have. But when government steps in and steals from people who have, then and give to the people who have not, then they, re, they, take, they take away from the people the opportunity to voluntarily give of their means to those who don't have anything. It denies them those blessings, Sam. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. It's really important to understand who we are, our relationship with Jesus Christ, and then how that can affect God, family, and then they did not leave out country, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, Dallin H. Oaks doubled down. President Dallin H. Oaks uh, gave a message on the Constitution. The Constitution provides structure and limits. It was established by God for the rights and protection of all flesh. Why? Because moral agency is quintessential to allowing us to live our lives and become the people that God intended us to be as his children. We must have moral agency or the freedom to choose. And he highlighted this big time, did a phenomenal job. He jettisoned parties, and he basically said, it's okay to switch party, whatever you need to do, but let's not attack people because of the party they're a member of. Let's look at individuals, and let's look at the principles as our guide. Now, this guy literally uh, was in the courts. He was a Supreme Court justice for the state of uh, Utah for a while. He clerked for some key justices. I mean, he's been around. He's a well-known constitutional attorney. And in my opinion, he hit it out of the park. Um, he really highlighted some fundamentals that are worth focus lull. 
Absolutely right, Sam. He even mentioned that the general government had derogated authority to themselves. They'd taken it from the state. You don't really hear that mentioned or talked about very much. The family law authority he specifically mentioned as having been, you know, taken from the state. Um, and, um, you know, that, that's wrong for the general government to have done that. He also mentioned that one of the five principles he mentioned was that authority is divided between the states and the general government. How many people do you hear today actually mention that very important fact? In my opinion, that's the most important division of authority um, th that the Constitution outlines because... Uh, yeah, he and, really and highlighted the vertical... Know, the least. He really mm -hmm. highlighted the vertical and the horizontal checks and balances that I bring up all the time. He tripled down on those. Yeah, he did. I love that about his address. Now, he also encouraged us to pray for all nations. And In fact, as I thought about all of the people in the world who are living under oppressive regimes and have lived under oppressive regimes throughout uh, all of world history, it just saddens my heart, Sam, because of the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people were not given their moral agency. They didn't have the freedom to choose, maybe. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I look at some of the world histories and some of the cultures, and I look at the, the, the lack of liberty that, under which they labored. I just thought, think to myself, wow. I mean, they just didn't even have an opportunity to exercise their freedom, the moral agency that God intended us to have. And so I pray every night, Sam, that the political and that the people, that the children, my brothers and sisters, the rest of the people of the earth, will soon have the political and economic freedom to um, uh, to to exercise their agency, because that's what God intended them to do. Because it makes them accountable. And if you're if you don't have agency, then you can't be accountable for your decisions, your choices. So I just thought it was he a full address, Sam. He highlighted the leadership of the United States of America with the oldest written constitution and that almost every other constitution is a takeaway from uh, our constitution, etc. He talked about the importance of a constitution and mentioned that the Bill of Rights is key, key to understand in terms of restoring and promoting religious liberty and protecting religious liberty. And then he doubled down into five. He highlighted five principles of the Constitution, law, these are critical as well. Uh, number one, sovereignty lies with the people. You know, this is a concept people had kicked around for hundreds of years, but actually never implemented into their actual law. So self-determination, where sovereignty lies with the people, became reality. In 1788 and 89, as the states ratified the, the Constitution, Number two, authority is divided uh, vertically between the states and the general government. We've mentioned that. Number three, authority is, is separated among the three branches of government, legislative, executive, and judicial. Now, that's the a separation of powers that everybody knows and talks about. Uh, each uh, branch can check the power of the other two branches. Uh, fourth, it contains a cluster of guarantees, the Bill of Rights, in other words, the list of prohibitions that you've just mentioned. And number five, it establishes the rule of law, not the rule of men. And that uh, is, uh, in other words, you, you, govern, you don't govern by capricious decision of a, of a person who can just be willy-nilly, decide one thing today and a different thing tomorrow. But the rule of law is the fifth 
principle he he highlighted uh, that we're a nation of of laws, not uh, uh, not not to be ruled by you know whimsical capriciousness. Sam, those are the five great principles he drew out. And he basically told us, you know what, folks, you need to be involved, anxiously engaged in a good cause. You need to make a difference here. And if there's sovereignty in the people, the people have an obligation, a duty to perform regarding jealously protecting the liberty to which God and our founding fathers gave us. Let's carry forth their legacy in a meaningful way. Not only do you got to guard against the federal government stealing power, he talked about the federal government stole a lot of power from the states relating to the family, etc., and how that we need to stop that. But not only are the federal government folks stealing a lot of power, so are world government folks. To wrap this up, you got to be very, very concerned about global control and governance as well. The World Health Organization leading a charge against, in my opinion, liberty right now, Lowell. Yes, and it was only uh, just uh, one week ago, we're talking March 30, that was just last week, Sam, the, the WHO, the World Health Organization, released a letter um, uh, calling for the world to unite behind a new international pandemic treaty. Well, what are the implications of this letter? <laughs> well, um, the, the implications, in my opinion, Sam, are, are is global governance. I really don't believe that they have my interests at heart, but I do believe that they want power. They want authority. They want to dictate. They want to uh, advance globalism, the new world order, basically, under a new name, and they're using the COVID pandemic to, to get their way, right? This global reset, they call it. They have lots of names for it, but what it boils down to is, um, you know, the, the, the basically a new world order where the, the lines of nations are blended into one. We become one huge glob uh, where nations, they lose their sovereignty, and the people within them lose their sovereignty. And all the good stuff we just talked about, President Oak's address about self-determination, go by the wayside, Sam. It's a huge threat to our liberty, to our freedom and prosperity. The World Health Organization's uh, proposal for a pandemic treaty internationally sam ladies and gentlemen i don't know how to cover so much incredible material that lowell's brought to the table in one hour we've done our very best uh, if you want to learn more about the conference talks we spoke of that'll bless anyone's life member of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints or not church of jesus christ.org is where you go all the details of all the conference talks were there and i believe they'll bless everyone's life when it comes to the proper role of government that is what sam and lowell stand for all the time hey lowell's so swamped he can't join us on fridays anymore but he will be with us every monday going forward look forward to it lovingliberty.net for sam and lowell we declare this nation shall endure Live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman, live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast 
for April the 5th in the year of our Lord, 2021. I had a delightful Easter, sacred weekend full of God, family, and country, and I pray you had the same. Our goal to promote God, family, and country and to protect life, liberty, and property, as you know, we stand with the supreme law that I am, the Constitution for the United States of America. This is our two of two on April 5th, and we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, indeed, to Liberty Roundtable Live, the good doctor, Dr. Scott Bradley, in the house. And uh, his goal is to preserve the nation. It's been his lifelong pursuit. He's written a book and a collegiate series about it. He gives weekly webinars, uh, Q&As on the Constitution, and more. He's got well over 1,000 videos on his site. FreedomsRisingSun.com is where you go for that. That is FreedomsRisingSun.com. Doctor, welcome, sir. Thank you very much. And again, it is a beautiful spring day, so I presume that it'll be a great start for a great week, right? Absolutely. And by the way, we kicked it off this weekend with a real, in my opinion, feast. We talked about this last hour quite a bit, um, Dr. Bradley, with Lowell Nelson, but I want to give you a chance to chime in as well. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints held its 191st annual or semi-annual general conference this weekend. It was two days, Saturday and Sunday, of five two-hour conference sessions. So 10 hours of admonition and testimony about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. After all, the name of the church is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And so we talked a lot about the different uh, speeches that were given, etc., by leaders of the church. Many of them in our church are called president uh, or elder or etc. cetera uh, for the men. And so we would say President Oaks talked about that or, you know, elder so-and-so talked about that, sister so-and-so. Uh, spoke of that, etc. Um, it was a great event, in my opinion. Very positive, very healing. Helps you really focus on spiritual things. Uh, the president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, President Russell M. Nelson, is what is his name is. He's prophet and seer and revelator for the church. And whether you're a member of the church or not, you know, I highly recommend these talks because they're very positive and healing for those who have suffered through the pandemic and. Uh, whatever the false pandemic, whatever you want to say, you know, set that aside for a second. Um, it does give you the chance to heal and to put hope in. And so this prophet, the president of the church, uh, Russell M. Nelson, really spoke about saying, hey, you know what? What have you learned from the pandemic? Is, is Whether you agree with it or not isn't the point here for a second. What have you learned during it? And he talked about some fundamental principles that I really think are are worth discussing. He talked about how, you know, we really need to uh, have less in our lives we really need to be still and when we are still and quiet we could feel god's love and we can learn what his direction for us is in our lives when will we let the lord prevail in our lives are we going to uh you know what when the society comes back from the pandemic are we just going to go about our lives and just let it you know get full of getting and spending in life and to the point you're just running and running and you can't listen and slow down or are you going to say the pandemic taught me to slow down taught me to say wait a minute uh, you know what there's more to life by living less if you will uh, what i mean is less running around and less important things but more sacred things things of god are you going to let 
your will become God's will and let God prevail in your life. And uh, anyway, to me, it was a tremendous focus on what's really important. Dr. Bradley? Well, from my perspective, there was way too much COVID in it, but um, I, I understand what you're saying. Uh, I, I really truly believe that um, that our, we do have a responsibility to introspect, to consider, to ponder, to pray, to draw nearer to Christ, to our Father, and uh, and ho- however we bring that about, I think is is critically important. I feel like. Um, we, as a people, uh, do spend far more time thrashing about in the world than, than we need to. This, the central theme of everything should bring us back to God and Christ. But there was one little, uh, little anecdotal story that I, I found quite, uh, in fact, it had been commented to me uh, by those that had listened to it, and it was about a, an experiment about some little rabbits and trying to see what diet effect had on them, on their um, health and so on. And these were little bunny rabbits from, and it's not an Easter story, trust me, but uh, they were from New Zealand, all the same genetic and all that kind of stuff. And they found one particular uh, group of these rabbits that were under research that had an exceptionally better health program. I mean, they seemed to be just thriving. And uh, the, the, everything was the same, diet and the, everything that faced them, except for one thing. And one was the caregiver of the uh, one little group of rabbits. And they found this young woman that was caregiving these little rabbits uh, was particularly, um, you know, uh, she, she was one that, that handled them, talked to them, expressed caring for them, was very, uh, seemed, seemed like she loved them, I guess. And uh, they they tried to eliminate all other reasons for why this might be. I mean, these rabbits that all had the same diet, ultimately and finally this group that this one young woman was caring for had exceptional health compared to the others that had kind of degraded over time because of the, you know, it was a diet that was trying to see if they could build, you know, some uh, health problems into them. And so anyway, they ran the experiment again. Same results. This same young woman with this same caring attitude made all the difference in the world for these little bunny rabbits. And uh, I think the, the take-home from this is that um, the kind of uh, atmosphere we create, I mean, you know, in, with, within our homes, for example, the way we, we treat our spouses and our children, the way we, we treat our neighbors, those that are associated with us, our business associates, those within our church and so on, you know, there's some people that seem to have kind of a, a poison tongue or a uh, acrimony, or uh, they're just they're just kind of a poison personality. And then there's others that bring light and sunshine and happiness, and 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 it's like, well, this is this is a a story that I think we could say, well, I'm going to be one of those that brings into the lives of those that I associate with a little bit more of a positive environment, uh, you know, one that doesn't, you know, cause people to die early because you've been so miserable to live with or whatever. And it's like, to me, I was like, you know, here's here's a little, you know, oddly enough, it's, you know, Easter weekend and they do a bunny rabbit story, but that wasn't what it was about. It was about this kind of approach to the way we treat our fellow man. And and I think we could learn much from something like that that would, would help bring a little more light and truth and happiness to people with um, with just 
a little bit of kindness. And, and you know, again, it affected some of the people that listened, and they, they spoke with me later on about it and said, wow, what did you think about the rabbit story? You know, <laughs> and, and so I, I, I don't know. That's a little takeaway that could fit in anybody's life, I think. You know, your child, someone that uh, needs to feel like, you know, they've got there's a little hope for what, what you bring to them. So, yeah, I, uh, I think there was many, many good messages, and, uh, and that was just one little simple anecdotal story about an experiment on rabbits. All right, there you have it. There was a powerful uh, testimony against the evils of abortion uh, that I really thought was worth highlighting as well, Dr. Bradley. Well, indeed. In fact, uh, what's really disheartening to me is the uh, the fact that the vaccine uses abortal fetal, aborted fetal tissue in either the production or in the actual formulation of this. And, and to me, it's it's absolutely abominable to think that we would take these most innocent of all and uh, and uh, you know the most vulnerable of all and, and sacrifice them on the altar of something that. Uh, for our own miserable hides to be able to be promoted and, and uh, you know, be able to somehow go forward and uh, hang on to our our own miserable hides. And and, and I, uh, uh, part of the problem is, and I don't know, Sam, if you've been following some of these stories, but in spite of the fact it's law to harvest fetal tissue and use it in experimentation, there's a big business in that. And there has been some lawsuits. Yes, and I've been following been this. Filed. I've been following this big time. I talked about it for two hours on Saturday, literally how I tied the the abortion uh, murderous mills, if you will, and how a year ago some undercover people tried to expose the baby body part industry and how really uh, the courts just shut down the folks who tried to use undercover video to expose it, protected Planned Parenthood, and shut down the individuals trying to get rid of illegal baby body part trading, etc. And I was really appalled about it a year ago and couldn't understand exactly why, but now we know why. Uh, because there's recent information that just came out that the Food and Drug Administration is the one buying a lot of the baby body parts for their mice-human experimentation projects, and that the Food and Drug Administration in the United States is doubling down and literally saying, not only do you got to send us baby body parts, but we need to know which ones are the male and female ones. So preserve the genitals earlier and document which ones are male and female so that we can know. And furthermore, please send us these specimens quickly on ice. And all these emails are coming out about our taxpayers are funding all this, in my opinion, psychotic Satanism as we use this baby body parts. So you got abortions, baby body parts, and then, hey, they claim they're not in the vaccines. The problem is you can't trust these liars. So you know what? I gave a comparison, and then we'll let you rock and roll on this in a second, doctor, about how you use whiskey to make chicken. Don't worry, the whiskey's all burned off, though. Maybe the whiskey's not in the chicken, but it took the whiskey to make the chicken that way, and it certainly takes baby murders for the vaccines. We'll talk about that coming up with a good doctor in seconds. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's gonna do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body 
is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. All right, back with you live, Dr. Bradley. So these stories, in my opinion, these uh, baby body part discussions and these abortion mills and the vaccines, they're all linked, and they can pretend they're not, sir, but they are. Well, well, absolutely they are. In fact, there's... Uh... <laughs> If you read the uh, the, the uh, inserts on them, they, there's some that actually used it in the development of it, and others that, uh, um, but that actually have them incorporated in, and 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 it's like you know it's 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 a carrier. It's something that they use in this whole process, and 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 it's absolutely sick and wrong. And and I I oftentimes make the analogous uh, drawing between what historically you you know anciently. The, the parents that sacrificed their babies to Moloch, you know, the, the big iron furnace that had its belly full of fire and its arms out to, as a cradle, and, and they went and placed their infants on that thing, and, and it, they were considered to be an act of piety to uh, sacrifice an infant to the, this pagan god. And, um, and, you know, nowadays we sacrifice them in a, in, you know, a, a little different manner. You know, you, you go in, if, if a child is, is unwanted or inconvenient at this time or for whatever reason, it's an embarrassment or what, whatever, we end up uh, sacrificing that child uh, for our own, you know, oh, man, i got to finish college first. Oh, I, I'm not in my career at a point I want to do this. Uh, uh, my boyfriend isn't interested or whatever. And, and so we sacrifice our children, but they're taking these children, and, and this is a current, real-time kind of thing, and, and there's videos out there showing discussions of these things. And by the way, Kamala Harris in the, in the past has, has subverted and, and uh, actually protected uh, the perpetrators of this from public, publicity in the way they've handled the courts. And, and there is a real-time scenario going on where these babies' body parts, these most vulnerable, these most... Um, innocent of all of us are being used for this, and and you have to say what the blazes is going on, and then we get people, religious leaders even, that give this kind of activity a pass 
um, and say, oh, well, it's, it's for this greater good. I mean, we, oh, my gracious, you know, we're all going to be so much better off uh, because we get this vaccine. It, it's sick and wrong. I mean, how much do we have to finally say, well, in my opinion, it's almost cannibalistic. We're, we're eating our own young, whether it comes to the end of a needle or what. I mean, I, I, I just, I'm speechless uh, on what we're doing in the name of science and research and, and to protect our own miserable hides. And uh, to give credence to this kind of thing, I, I believe that there will be uh, there will be an accounting ultimately and finally. And of course, uh, individuals have to take the accounting and, and so on. But but as uh, George Mason said in the Constitution Convention of 1787, nations don't exist in the eternities, and so they uh, have, they have to receive their rewards or punishments in this life. And as a consequence, uh, nations can expect that when they're living improperly. And I think that our nation as a whole has basically we're selling our souls for a mess of pottage and this is just one example i mean there's countless other examples i mean how we're throwing our children and grandchildren uh, into economic slavery because of the uh, you, you pick whatever it is a, a covid relief bill of 1.9 trillion dollars or an infrastructure bill of 1.2 or 2.3 whatever trillion dollars it is nobody really cares anymore it's just throwing numbers around nobody even thinks about it I mean, the idea of throwing away our liberty and, and uh, implementing socialism in this country, uh, a form of government that's completely illegal under the United States Constitution. We just kind of happily skip down the path, and, and we, we give away these great and gracious gifts that we've been given. I mean, everything from life, liberty, and property is being thrown under the bus for some passing whim. It's just bizarre to me. I can't hardly even <laughs> I can't hardly even imagine it. It's just crazy. So, yeah, um, it is the crazy. There's are things to be concerned about, no doubt about it. And the link of aborted babies and baby fetal tissue being sold and everything else, and the vaccines are all linked, folks. Don't don't fool yourself about that. Um, it's also important though to understand that this Easter weekend was really a feast uh, on spirituality. If if you focused on the right things, folks. And uh, I it also want to kind be. of highlight. Go ahead, sir. Well, I was going to say, I mean, Easter Sunday, obviously, is a, is a focal point that we give. You know, you just talk about Christmas and things like that. You talk about the 4th of July and patriotism. Um, what, what's astounding to me is that how rarely a lot of these things cross people's minds in their workaday lives. I mean, to me, um, gratitude is something and this focus on appropriate behaviors and and uh, worships and all those kind of things it ought to be a, a, a daily thing in our lives you know and and certainly Easter is a good reminder no question about it but I would hope that every morning may begin with uh, a recognition of the hand of God in our lives you know and multiple times during the day so I, I distracted yeah, Jeffrey... you I'm sorry. You're all right. Jeffrey R. Holland focused on something that I find interesting. He talked about the economy of goodness and observed that the biggest deficit is the paucity of love, hope, and charity. Um, and the question then becomes, can we have a virtuous government without a virtuous people? 
And the answer is clearly no. But this is something that we really need to focus on well is uh, this idea. We have got to start to become kind, gentle, patient, loving people. Even when we disagree, even when we think people are off their rockers, even if we've got to somehow really highlight this civility piece. And I think that was one of the big takeaways, whether we jettison partisan politics or whatever else. We've got to step back from this ever-increasing divide and really make a difference. Not only did Jeffrey R. Holland speak about it in the General Conference for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but even Charles Barkley spoke out about the big divide among the people. Did you see that, Doctor? Well, I didn't actually see it, but I, I got a little smattering of information on it. it it's, it's so good to see, uh, you know, common everyday human beings recognizing this, and, and it is a tragic travesty that, that we've allowed half the, well, we've got to the point that half the nation hates the guts of the other half of the nation, and, um, and everybody that's on one side says, well, rightly so, and the other side says, well, rightly so, <laughs> you know, they're all justified in their own positions, but the fact of the matter is, um, you mentioned virtue uh, early in that little segment that you just commented on. I think back on George Washington in his uh, inaugural address. He said that his administration would be uh, based upon uh, public and private virtue. And uh, I, I think we need a lot of that. I mean, a lot of times in the world today we, we have, you know, as our quote-unquote heroes, people that party hardy and, and uh, they kind of drift between oh, I don't know, rehab and jail, and they party in between, and marriage and, and uh, childbearing seem to have no relationship or relation in the whole thing. And it's just the wheels have fallen off in so many of these things that are of such great prominence. And, and I think the good, common, you know, uh, I mean, I, I, I've told you before how I tra- have traveled this country for decades, and, and I find the the common folk, if you will, are there, are good and noble, and and but but the stuff we give to preeminence in our media, uh, you know, the talking heads on the news, the uh, the people that that are our entertainment moguls and our uh, people that are in athletics and all that kind of stuff, their moral standard is is just slipped, and it's. Tragic I agree. Now Charles Barkley nails your exact point here. This is really interesting. Charles Barkley has blamed politicians for dividing Americans, and he criticized both Republicans and Democrats, exacerbating problems between white and black people in the United States. The former NBA star, who is now a sports analyst with TNT, made the remarks on Saturday before a final four game between Baylor and Houston. He was talking about Martin Luther King's assassination in 68. and Anyway, then they talked about Kennedy, and anyway, it went on. But in the end of the day, Barkley basically said, listen, I believe most blacks are good and most whites are good and most people are good. He said, man, I think most white people and black people are great people. I really believe that in my heart. But I think our system is set up where our politicians whether they're Republicans or Democrats, they're designed to make us not like each other so they can keep their grasp on money and power. And I, you know what? I believe Charles is spot on to Bradley. 
Well, I, I believe he is also, and, and I know we've got to take a break, but it's Marxist in its origins, and we can come back and talk about that. That, that uh, divisiveness is how Marx takes over, he proposed taking over countries. And I guess we've got All to right, take get a your break, thoughts so together, back. Doctor, back in a flash, and we'll cover it on your radio. Pursuing Liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Crews are working to prevent a real catastrophic flood situation and are evacuating people out of harm's way due to a leak at a wastewater pond in the Tampa, Florida area. So far, 316 homes have been evacuated and state authorities have closed portions of U.S. Highway 41. Manatee County officials are warning of a collapse at the Piney Point Industrial Site was imminent for the 77-acre wastewater pond. The old phosphorus plant in operation from 1960 to 2001 holds large pools of polluted water. India's Ministry of Health confirmed over 103,000 new COVID-19 infections on Monday. It's the first time India has reported over 100,000 new coronavirus cases in one day. Egypt held a five-mile procession of 22 ancient mummies in Cairo as they were moved from a museum where they had been for over a century to a new National Museum of Egyptian Civilization Saturday night. USA Radio News. Awesome and amazing day, friends. Hey, we are headed towards St. Patrick's Day, Luck of the Irish. And I want to give a great shout-out to one of the greatest coaches of all time, Lou Holtz, who gave me his permission to use his name and his likeness when I used to be in the banking world. But you don't need luck this year to get healthy. You don't need luck to lose your fat. You don't need luck to get off all those medications. No, all you need is to use those hands and log on to EnergizeHealth.com or call us at 888-444-8895. Friends, you've heard Wayne talk about his amazing transformation, and you know Wayne is a crusader of truth and only speaks the truth. He would not be endorsing this protocol if it hadn't changed his life. You need to log on just to see that. So log on today to EnergizeHealth.com or call us at 888-444-8895. The Derek Chauvin murder trial will continue Monday in Minneapolis, Minnesota. As the border crisis at the U.S.-Mexico border worsens, video came out Friday showing human smugglers in the middle of the night dropping toddlers from atop a border wall into the United States and then running back into Mexico. Jeremy Scott from the Oregon USA Radio News Bureau has a border update. During the visit, senators saw unaccompanied children, some with positive COVID cases and cramped conditions inside makeshift tent-like structures. We were told to delete the pictures. No one did. You've seen the video coming out of all of these kids crammed together under the foil blankets, huddling uh, together. Uh, and when you have 10% of them who are positive already. Senator John Barrasso of Wyoming, a member of the Republican Senate leadership on Fox News, would not say who told him to delete the pictures. Senator Ted Cruz posted video from a border facility in Donna, Texas, saying that a Biden administration staffer told him not to film. Thanks for listening. It's well appreciated. We are USA Radio News. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Scott Bradley with me to preserve the nation, his goal, freedomsizingsun.com, his website. We're talking about this idea that, you know what, we've got to be more kind and gentle and civil in society. 
Even folks like Charles Barkley, of all people, are speaking out about it. And believe it or not, Charles Barkley is spot on. Charles Barkley says politicians divide black, white, rich, poor America. And no doubt about it, they do it for money and gain and power and control. And you know what? Most people are good, says Charles. And I believe he's spot on. Most people do not have a racial agenda. Most people don't hate one another because of different beliefs. Most of us are just kind and genuine and Hey, we get along in society quite well, but if you listen to the politicians and the professional do-gooders and the swamp monsters or whatever you want to say, there's divide everywhere. If you look at reality in America, it's not true. It's a lie. But the more they perpetuate the lie, the more true it becomes if we don't wise up and jettison that narrative. Now, Dr. Bradley, right before the pause, told you whose narrative it is. It's the narrative of the communists, of the socialists, of the Marxists, of those who want to destroy all we hold dear because they're antichrist. They're against God, Doctor. Well, it, it, truly they are, and, and uh, this has been, I mean, it's satanic in its origin. So, so all throughout history, you know, our, our d- uh, diabolical enemy of God and Christ, Satan himself, has been fostering these things. And you say, oh my goodness, you're bringing everything back to religion. Well, that's the problem, is that, well, it's not the problem, <laughs> it's an issue. Um, you know, the communists, whether it was the Illuminists that were back in the, you know, the times of Jean-Jacques Rousseau and the, the Bavarian Illuminists that came out in 1776, and the French Revolution, or anything coming down through the way that uh, Marx and Engels put together in, in uh, 1848 when it was published, or, or you look at the Bolsheviks, or you look at Mao, or you look at uh, Pol Pot, or, or whatever, they, they all have a um, a set of... Of an agenda, I guess, if you will. And number one on that is destruction of Christianity, getting rid of private property, eliminating the family, eliminating the uh, the organs of society that have been successful and everything like that, and putting in a new dictatorship. And they use this um, schism that they can create, uh, this this uh, the all these divides that and they divide and conquer, and that's always been the way it has been. And it's interesting, you know, Barkley, you know, he was only nine months old when John F. Kennedy died, and, and he was five years old when uh, Martin Luther King and, and um, oh, Bobby Kennedy, I mean, so these were very early in his age, I mean, in his, his life, uh, but he has picked up some truisms about things, I think, as he talks about this. I, back in the 60s, I was traveling the country as, as a, I don't know, something of a vagabond, I guess you could say. I wanted to see America boots on the ground, and, and as a teenager, saw it from Florida to Alaska and New York to California, and I fell in love with the country. The goodness of the people is amazing. But the, one of the things that was different then, I think, was that you did not have this uh, division-baiting kind of thing, and I hate to say it's just race. It isn't race. I mean, it's economic. It's private property versus not private property. It's men against women. It's religion against religion. It's it's gender against uh, gender, and that, that, that's kind of a generic term today, but you know what I mean. Everything has become so smeared, and, and nobody can seem to, to hang on to anything that's of traditional value. But uh, in, in those days, I mean, the country pulls together in, in, in those in spite of the fact that there was a tremendous effort during the 60s to tear the country apart, and and we could give a lot of examples of that. I mean, I was in Haight-Ashbury in 1968. I mean, come on. I mean, I wasn't partaking. I was observing. <laughs> but at any rate, the fact of the matter is that, that traditionally Americans have pulled together. 
But there's a tremendous effort, and again, it's Marxist in its origins, and Marx canonized it in, in the Communist Manifesto about this division and this idea that we've got to have conflict, because out of conflict and enough turmoil, they think that they can remake society, and that's exactly what they're doing. And, and, and if Barclay's speaking against that, I take my hat off uh, to him, because um, there's, there's some people that are recognizing that even, you know, a former athlete and a commentator now, that good grief, we can make this work if people have quit fostering it. And uh, Josef Goebbels, the uh, Nazi um, propaganda minister uh, for Hitler, used to talk about telling a lie big enough and often enough that it became truth. Well, that's what these baiters are doing, not just race baiters and gender baiters and economic baiters and I mean, they're, they're baiting everybody against everybody else, and they just throw enough mud against the wall, enough of it sticks, that we start dividing ourselves. And it's the intent is to conquer us, destroy everything that's sacred to us, everything virtuous, lovely, of good report, and praiseworthy. And uh, I, I'm so grateful that somebody with a little preeminence, and maybe uh, the kids will even recognize because of his historical athletic capabilities, you know, but uh, Amen to that. Anyway, and I commend I, Charles Barkley, and I also commend uh, Elder Jeffrey R. Holland, uh, both of them speaking out, saying we need a more civil society. We need to be kinder and gentler, and you know what? We don't need to be dividing on every topic. We need to be kind to our neighbors and reach out to those around us, and you know, we need people, ladies and gentlemen. We need silence in our lives to where we can focus on what's important. We need to understand, hey, what should be the focus of our day-to-day lives and interactions and what things are important? How do you separate the good, better, and best and focus on the best? Well, I got a little bit of good news to mention, Dr. Bradley. So as you know, one of the 10 planks, one of the 10 planks of the Communist Manifesto, number 10 is government compulsory education for all. So you know that's live and well in America today, and that's how they're really indoctrinating our children into the dividing uh, us on every fault line possible plan. They're also dividing us on mixing up gender, uh, etc. Male and female created God, them. So let's be very clear. But they want to basically de- de- destroy all that through the government schools is one of their greatest, greatest tactics. But here's the good news piece. A new report from the U.S. Census Bureau found that the rate of homeschooling doubled from the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, listen, to the beginning of this school year. The survey found that only 5.4% homeschooled at the start of the pandemic, but now, listen, by fall of 2020, it's over 11%. Believe it or not, before the pandemic, it was only 3%. So since this pandemic, homeschooling has quadrupled, and there's zero signs of slowing down. That gives me some tremendous hope, Doctor. Well, and it should, and I've always, uh, not always, and it's diminished in recent years, and I'll tell you why in just a minute. There's a cautionary note with this. Many of the people, now see, our family was in the bleeding edge of the homeschooling movement back when uh, our family members, extended family members, thought the SWAT team was going to come and kill my wife and I, take our kids, et cetera, et cetera, when we started homeschooling. It's become much more mainstream, if you will. But the, the, the cautionary note is that many people that are entering into it are simply being co-opted into a public education school at home, 
where they take the public education, the drivel that they put out, and they deliver it by computer, and, and they're just destroying the, the, their families with that, delivering it in their home, which is poison in their home. Let me, let me just read just something real quickly about that. It's just momentarily. There was a guy named Charles Francis Potter. He was a co-signer with John Dewey of the Humanist Manifesto in, in 1933. So this was a humanist individual. I mean, and, well, uh, he wrote a book in 1930, it, and the title is very telling, Humanism, a New Religion. That's the title of the book. And so what we're doing with our humanists, and we're going to find out in this little three, four-line statement, that the educational system of America is a religion, a faith-based system that does not have a divine God, and it's subverting the the uh, the whole underpinnings of America uh, using the public education system and the Marxist Tenth Planet. So here's what he said. Education is thus a most powerful ally of humanism, and every American public school is a school of humanism. What can the theistic Sunday schools, meeting for an hour once a week and teaching only a fraction of the children, do to stem the tide of a five-day program of humanistic teaching? That's the end of the quote, ladies and gentlemen. This is what is facing America. And think, this book was written, Humanism, a New Religion, in 1930. John Dewey came to be known as the father of modern American education. He's one of the co-signers with this Charles Francis Potter guy that wrote the book of the Humanist Manifesto, which has become the de facto American religion and American education outline. And so uh, when Sam says, hey, he feels good, 11% of the people are now homeschooling, I'm going, woo-hoo. And, but if you're just taking the drivel that's being served in the public education and you're doing it on a computer at your home, and you're saying, I am a public education, I mean, a school that uh, that uh, stepped away from the public education system. I, you need to reevaluate. You need to make a difference. There's no if doubt about do that. Better, There's no doubt about that. Dr. Scott Bradley's warning is wise, and I completely, a thousand percent agree with him. But I will say this. we got to celebrate baby steps as maybe they are. And we certainly got to provide those warnings and guidance. But I can tell you this, it's a start in the right direction. Quick pause on your radio. Have we realized the assault against our lives, our liberties, our faith? To defeat this assault, Christians and all people of goodwill should have strategies to prevail in our faith and principles, which are simple. No need for a complex formula. One goal. One aim, a strategy like the heroic Christians of the past. We win, they lose. Nothing less. Big Q, Little Q, the calm before the storm by a friend of Megagoria. The strategy of heaven revealed. Big Q, Little Q, the calm before the storm. Available on Amazon.com or by calling Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. 
Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. All right, Dr. Bradley with me, ladies and gentlemen. So I agree with Dr. Bradley's wise warning. If we're just bringing our kids home to use the computer and then have them, you know, take the government dribble, the, uh, you know, immoral communist views, the divide and conquer views, the misteaching, the indoctrination that goes on in the government schools, it's bad, no doubt about it. But the hope is, hey, if homeschooling quadruples, um, then more and more people understand it. More and more people can can possibly embrace it. Uh, even if you're home, the chances of parents seeing curriculum they disagree with increases. Parents with children being together gives a greater chance for a rescue out of those things. So even if that's happening, it isn't perfect by any means. And there's a wise warning against it. But even so, maybe parents can go, wait a minute. I didn't know my kid was learning that. Hold on a minute. I'm not. And hopefully the awakening is beginning. And I agree with the warnings, but I also agree and say it's a start. And uh, it's up to each family and each individual to decide what they're going to do with it. Maybe some of the best teachers could jettison the government schools and teach online, and families can find those teachers and reward them. All it would take would be pennies from the masses. Uh, and all it would take is um, you know, schools like um, the Khan Academies and other schools like that to really start to become more and more and more prominent. And with every one of these transitions, we have the chance to slip into the abyss. There's no doubt about it. But we also have the chance to make a real difference and see real change. And that's the prayer. Uh, and so it's, it's a humble start, but it's something to acknowledge and provide a warning about. But to some degree, something to be grateful for as well, Doctor. Uh, and absolutely. I, I agree with you. It's uh, We've got to start somewhere. And, you know, in the beginning of this hour, you, you mentioned uh, the General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and uh, some of the council. And, and I, I say to people, you know, if wisdom comes, regardless if it comes from a source that you had previously recognized, whether you're part of that faith or not, sometimes there's wisdom that can be picked up. And, and it comes to mind something that's related to this particular topic about education. A um, hundred and three years ago, uh, one of the presidents of the, the LDS faith, uh, Joseph F. Smith, died. And uh, 27 years ago, another president of that faith, uh, Ezra Taft Benson, died. And, and so, uh, but over those, that period of time, uh, the, those two men uh, brought forth a voice of warning about something. And they, they said there were three things that would threaten the church from within. Now, my position would be that this kind of threat could threaten the nation from within. And so I would mention it at this point. It's just come to mind and do with it as you please. 
But uh, they said there were three things that would threaten the church from within, and I would say, yes, indeed, the church as well as the nation. Praise of prominent men, false educational ideas, and sexual impurity. Those three things are destructive to churches and to nations. And if we start listening now, hold to on, the... Hold on, uh, hold on, and, and to families, the fundamental unit of society. Oh, yeah. No question about it. I mean, this, these Go things ahead, are foundational. If you start marching in the parade with the big, you know, if you're going with the mainstream of, the, of what America is doing right now based on what's being served to us through the media, the praise of prominent men, politicians, celebrities, whatever, that is destructive and threatening. The false educational ideas. If all we are is highly evolved animals, how, how can we expect any kind of behavior other than that from our children or grandchildren? If that's what we teach them, no divine purpose or anything like that. And the sexual impurity part, it undermines and destroys the very foundation. In fact, Montesquieu, one of the mentors, if you will, although he died before most of them were born, one of the mentors of the American founding fathers, he kind of categorized different forms of government and and. A republic, which is what we are, uh, we were designed as, and we've largely lost it. But, but a republic, he described in one word, virtue, and he said virtue was so important to a nation that if the women of the nation lost their virtue, I mean, he focused on them, and there's good reason for them. They're raising the next generation. You know, they're teaching the moral standard and the the character to the children. He says if the women in the nation lose their virtue, you will lose your constitution. So, praise of prominent men, false educational ideas, and sexual impurity threaten, as you point out, the family, the church, the nation, and indeed our, our peace throughout the entire world. And the farther we get from those uh, proper principles being misled by those threatening dangers, I believe the greater our risk is. And, and, and in America today... You, you, everybody can take their own temperature, you know. I mean, and they can take the temperature of their community and their church and their and their nation. Everybody needs to do an assessment of where are we in those three dangers. The prominent men, holy cow, as we've talked about during this hour, they're they're the individuals that are bringing the divisiveness and the destruction. Uh, there are rare, almost non-existent individuals. That, that have any clue at all about governance and about principled basis, anything. And, and the educational system, it, it, the humanist religion is being taught uh, against the, the First Amendment, you know, and the establishment of a religion. It's a tax-supported religion taught in our public education systems, according to the guys that founded it. And then the sexual impurity, uh, I guess you just got to kind of pull your head out of the sand and look around you and say, is that? an issue too? I would submit they all are, and I submit that that's one of the, well, there are three of the reasons that we're in grave danger in this nation today, in our church today, and in our, in our families. And, and I don't, and I don't ex- exclude any religions from that. I think every religion needs to assess how are those things threatening the core values the the institution was founded originally to uphold. And, and if, if they're being whittled away, if, if we're listening to the voices of the world in those areas, I think there's cause for concern, and we've got to recalibrate. I really do. Ladies and gentlemen, three dangers 
that really threaten us all, folks, from within. Okay? Uh, the headline of the article that uh, Dr. Bradley's talking about was written or, you know, discussed and spoken about by Ezra Taft Benson, uh, one of the former church leaders. But three dangers that threaten the church from within. I'm just going to basically say three dangers that threaten us from within. Um, because it's really all of us, right? Um, it's really important to understand these three dangers. And you know what? The flattery of prominent men, you know, it started with Barack Obama, this ratchet up the flattery. Uh, it was done before, but not to the extent after Barack Obama. Then it went to Trump. And, you know, we, we've got to jettison the flattery of prominent men. We've got to reject false educational ideas and sexual impurity. We've got to really understand how critical these things are. And they say that the mother that rocks the cradle rule the, rules the nation. Um, that's if she's a moral woman. And she can teach morality to her children. Um, this is serious stuff, people. The importance of moral education. Look alive, people, is what I would say, Dr. Bradley. Yeah, we've got to step up our game. There's, there's no getting around it. And, and as that uh, Potter quotation that I read earlier states, you know, how in the world... In an hour-long, uh, minimally attended Sunday school class once a week, and, and honestly, in our religion, we don't even do that anymore. A Sunday school class happens every other week for 50 minutes, 5-0. And, uh, and, and that's, that's a total of 17 hours a year, based upon some of the other things that, that interfere with those Sunday school classes, like conferences and so on. But 17 hours a year of religious education in Sunday school classes versus 40 hours a week in, in the uh, humanist schools that are our faith-based belief system for America today. Uh, who do you think is going to win? And, and Potter pointed out, they can't win. The people that are doing the Sunday school classes, if that's all they're focused on, it ain't going to happen. And so that's why within our own families, within our own personal lives, I mean, our, our focus on the things that are truly of greatest value has got to take something more to the forefront than the, and I've used the word several times in this little get-together, the drivel that we are being fed. And it's not, it's not just in school. It, it's, not just, it's just not a narrative. It's a script. And, and if you can take the, the way it comes across the media, for example, the, 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 the COVID uh, panic that, that's gone through, there was a script handed to the talking heads. You talk about the, the disillusion of, of the nation. You talk about even using the word democracy. I mean, for crying out loud, this is not a democracy, never intended to be a democracy, but every single thing we turn to is a pollution of the truth. And when our politicians and our talking news heads and our educators use the word democracy so often, our religious leaders use it incorrectly. And, and, uh, and we're undermining the very underpinnings of this nation at every turn and we've got to be soundly founded we've got to return to the foundation and and i, I guess that's why i'm such a crank on this thing I, I just see an erosion happening and a great apathy that settled upon the people and and uh, it, it's really truly we're we're selling our heritage our future for a mess of pottage that doesn't need to happen and, and our children and grandchildren will never know what we gave away because there won't even be a vestige of remembrance of it. 
if we if we don't somehow put down these deep, strong, foundational issues and and reiterate them constantly, all the time. So yeah, I mean um, that's kind of what uh, I get passionate about. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is serious, serious uh, business, these discussions, in my opinion, that we're having here. Um, you know, we don't just intend to flatter ourselves. We intend to truly highlight concern. Uh, but then we truly want to point out solutions, ladies and gentlemen. And I think the solutions start with education. All right? The importance of moral education. Look alive, people. The three dangers that threaten us from within, whether it be the church, whether it be society, whether it be your family, flattery of prominent men in the world, false educational ideas, sexual impurity. Um, you know what? People are being homeschooled, which is a great start. Let's make sure it takes real root. All right? Let's make sure we focus on Jesus Christ. Let's make sure that we reject the pro-death agenda the murderous intent of abortions and the buying and selling of body parts. Let's reject that satanic, cannibalistic-style evil. Let's promote the supreme law of the land. All right? Man needs to be accountable for his own sins. In order to do that, he must have moral agency, ladies and gentlemen. Therefore, you know what? We need to use the principles of God, family, country to preserve that agency. If we do not, ladies and gentlemen, there will be dark days ahead indeed however i have hope and faith that we will that we will step up the plate and save the supreme law of the land the constitution from enemies foreign and domestic that we will stand up for the moral principles and we will have a contingent of god-fearing people that will await the return of our lord and savior jesus christ our only king ladies and gentlemen that's our prayer i testify he lives as easter highlights the reality of the resurrection he lives and he loves us and he is the author of our liberty. Never forget it. Turn to him, repent, have faith, and let us receive blessings that he so willingly gives us if we do what he asks us to do, thus qualifying for those sacred blessings. For Sam Bushman and Dr. Scott Bradley, check out his website, freedomsrisingsun.com, my website, libertyroundtable.com, and our nationally syndicated radio network, lovingliberty.net. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.